Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Jesus Our Faith, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, November 5th, 2017. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Doing good. Woo, I love it. <laughs> I really do. I love it. So if you've gotten to know me at all, um, I, I like to have fun. Sometimes I'm a little corny. Sometimes I'm a little goofy. Some, uh, sometimes I'm a little cheesy. And uh, sometimes I'm a little philosophical. So you can call me a Philly cheesesteak anytime you want. I'm okay with that. Um, it's just who God has made me to be and how he shaped me. And I'm okay with that. All right. So uh, I'm excited you're here. We're almost through this book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 11 now, and next week we'll be in chapter 13, and we'll kind of wrap up the series and then jump into some other things. But for now, what I wanted to do is, is use this chapter here to remind us of a few things. This last week as I was praying through these passages and I was thinking about the promises that God has given me, the promises that he has made to me personally, not only through his word, but through the moments when I spend time with him and am I, am I, and that I'm intimate with him through prayer and reading and study. It made me think of my little niece, Ava. Have you guys met Ava yet? If you haven't met Ava, you've got to meet Ava. She is amazing. She's, she is just so full of life, so full of energy. We get the, the honor and the privilege, my wife and I, to be able to hang out with her every now and then and uh, just have that alone time with her. She's, she's just like a grandbaby to us, you know, and we love her to death and we have so much fun with her. Well, about a month or so ago, She'd come over and, you know, we're kind of old people now and we don't really have kids' toys and all that good stuff. And, and so I told her, I said, hey, Ava, you know, we're, we go outside and play and we really can't find a play. What if I got you a scooter? And she just looked at me and she's like, yeah, you know, yeah, hence the scooter. <laughs> all right. So this isn't mine. I borrowed it from Ava, just so you know, but I didn't ask her permission. So to please don't tell on me because she'll get a little mad at me. Because this is her scooter, okay? It sits in the garage and it's her scooter. Nobody else's scooter. It's her scooter. Well, about a month or so ago, I promised her. I said, Ava, you know what? I'm going to get you a scooter. She was lit up. And it took me, for whatever reason, it took me a few weeks to kind of get the scooter. I went to Walmart and they were out of them for whatever reason. And so then I looked at Amazon and I ended up ordering this on Amazon and having it delivered. But it was funny because as, you, as, as I promised her this, this anticipation that Ava had, every time she saw me throughout the week and on the weekend, everything she did was, where's my scooter? Where's my scooter, uncle? You know, it was just amazing to see this excitement on our eyes. And, and I came to realize that it was because of this promise that her Uncle Floyd had made to her. And you know, what's neat about kids is they don't forget promises, right? They, they remember them forever and a day. You know, I got to imagine there, there's some promises that you've probably made to a kid that even today he probably reminds you about. You know, they, they just remember, right? They, they just know that their anticipation to this thing. And what's even cooler about this whole scooter story is that not only was she excited to have that scooter, but, but I believe it was the excitement of being able to do that with her uncle. To hang out and spend time. Because see, even without the scooter, her and I, we go outside and we play. You know, I'm kind of old school. I grew up kind of in the ghetto 
you know, and I don't even know if that's an appropriate term to use, but, you know, we weren't very rich, you know, we didn't have so much, and so we kind of had to make our own toys, so even today, I, I have my nieces and nephews come over, and, and we just kind of make up things and make up toys. I got a little moving cart, you know, a little four-wheel cart, and I get my jump rope, I tie it to it, and I whip her all over the street with it, you know? You know what I'm talking about, right? Those kind of make-your-own-toy kind of deals, you know? It's really not intended for child use, but we do it anyways, you know? That's, that's the kind of fun that we have. You know, that, that's what this promise here meant to Ava, you know, she, she came with anticipation and hope and understanding and knowing that not only am I going to have this toy to play with, but I'm going to have an uncle that's going to play with me. He's going to spend time with me. We're going to have fun together. We're going to enjoy these moments of life. You know, in the Bible, it tells us this in 1 Peter. It says, in 1 Peter 2, 2, it says, like newborn infants... Long for the pure spiritual milk. By it, you may grow up into salvation. See, shouldn't we be more like Ava in our faith? Shouldn't we think and, and move towards the promises that God has made you and I and be excited about them? You know, wait in anticipation and go into the presence of God and remind him, God, remember what you said to me. You know, my, my little niece Ava, she, she's just, uh, she's a ball of fire. She's, she's so fun. You know, every time she comes over, she runs out to me. She says, are we going to party? <laughs> I said, yes, we're going to have a party. You know, shouldn't, shouldn't we have a faith like that when we enter into the presence of God? And say, God, aren't we, are we going to party today? Are we going to have fun? And what are you going to show me? What are you going to teach me? What do you have for me? You know, listen to that passage again. It says that we should long for the pure spiritual milk. See, we are to long for the promises that we have in Christ Jesus. See, and as we do that, we will mature in our faith. We will grow in our faith. We will seek to discover all of these great riches that God has promised us through and in Jesus Christ. Well, also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, and it's going to be up on the screen, and I think it's in your notes. It says this, Chapter 10, verse 22. It says, Let us draw near with a true heart, like Ava, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. See, what this passage does is it reminds us that because of our decision to place our faith in Jesus Christ, we've entered into this new life. There is no more guilt. There is no more shame. Our conscience is clear because of what Jesus Christ has done for you and I. And he promises to make us holy. See, God begins to look at us through Jesus. He sees the holiness and the righteousness of a savior, of a redeemer who paid a price on a cross. And he frees us from this guilt and shame of sin. And because of this freedom that we have in Jesus, we can be confident so we can have this sense of assurance as we enter into the presence of God that his promises apply to us and they belong to us and they're for us and he's given them to us. And that's the, the anticipation, that's the excitement that every believer should have because of who Jesus Christ is. See, who I am to Ava, I'm her uncle. You know, and not even her first uncle. 
I'm our kind of our grand uncle. Of course, grand in some other ways too, but but I'm her, I'm her grand uncle. But, I, but I, I believe and I hope and as we mature in our relationship, Ava and I, I hope that my, I become even more to her. I hope I, I become someone that, that she looks to and trusts in some ways. That she, she puts her faith in to a degree as she discovers the things that God has for her. And, and you and I are no different than Ava. As we come confidently into the presence of God, as we come boldly because of who Jesus Christ is in our lives, the hope is, right, that that we would mature in our faith, that we would grow in our relationship with God and have a, a better understanding of what it means to walk in faith, to live in faith, to trust you know, I, I want us to ask a question this morning before we read our main passage. I just, I want you to ask yourself this. I, I just want you to, just to yourself, you know, just say, how, how is my faith today? You know, I, I strongly believe that we all have faith. Our lives are lived in faith. Every day that we get up in the morning, we get up in faith. We put our faith in things. We put our faith in people. But I want to ask you this morning, how is your faith in Jesus Christ? I want you to ask yourself that question. And I I want to affirm you in this. I want to tell you this. I believe with all of my heart that your faith is strong. I don't think that any one of us here is weak in our faith. I think God has built us and shaped us in a way that our faith is strong. So I think the only mistake that we make in our faith is that we put our faith in the wrong things. And those things weaken us. Those things are temporal. They're meaningless. They don't have the value and the fruit of putting your faith in the only one that deserves your trust and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, if you would, grab your Bibles. If you haven't already, mark your Bibles to chapter 11 in Hebrews. We're going to read the first few verses together, but I'd like to pray not only for us, but together as the body of Christ before we read these few verses. Can we do that? Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for the love that you have for us. Your word tells us that there is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these three is love. Father, the example that you gave us through Jesus Christ, there is no greater love than what you've done for us. Lord, we want to put our faith in you. We want to trust you more today than we ever have before. And so as we gather, Father, as your people, as your creation, as your children, Our prayer is that you would draw us close to you, Father, as as we seek to draw near to you. That you would speak to us through these few words that you've spoken through the prophets of old. And that you would help us to understand and know the faith and the hope and the love that you have for us, Father. Father, you've created us and shaped us to be who we are today. Lord, and, and today we don't always walk in obedience to how you shaped us and created us. But today, Father, we want to turn from 
putting our faith in the world to turn to putting our faith in you and trusting you more. So our prayer this morning, Lord, is as we read this, as we discover these things, that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, clear our minds and free us of all those distractions. Father, forgive us of any sin that may stand in the way of you doing the things that you need to do in our lives right now in this moment. Father, let your spirit guide us. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to read the, the first few verses in Hebrews chapter 11. It's, it's called the faith chapter. You probably have read it before. If you're following along in the series, hopefully you, you'll go back this week and take a look at it. But the first few verses in Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1. He says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their co- commendation, And by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. There's a whole lot in that little little nugget of of goodies right there. Those three verses kind of give us a whole lot of stuff about the faithfulness of God. And so this morning, what I want to do is just offer you a couple of things that you and I can take, that we can remind ourselves about. And the first thing is just in Christ, we have assurance. We have a guarantee. See, we can enter into this place with confidence. We can enter into the place of of God, the presence of God with assurance. See, in verse one, it says again, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So you and I, we have to remember who the writer is speaking to at this moment. It's the Jewish people. See, and he's having this dialogue because he has seen them come to faith. He has seen them given their lives to Jesus Christ. They believe in the Messiah. The coming Savior has come and he's done what he's supposed to do. And now they're putting their faith in him. But what happens along the way is life got hard for them. Trials and struggles and persecution, they just happened. You know, what we would say today, life happens. And so in these moments, the writer is reminding them of the assurance of the promises that they have in Jesus Christ, even though they are going through a tough moment. Even though they are being persecuted for their beliefs in Jesus Christ. See, even today, as we look at the Jewish church, they they yet to believe in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. They are still waiting and hoping for that Messiah, that Savior. There are many that have given their lives to Christ and, and moved their faith from the world to, to Jesus, but there are many that still have yet. And what the writer is doing here, he is saying, hey, this faith, this assurance, these things that you hope for, you may not be able to see them, but they're there. God is there and he's done something for you so that he can bring you to this moment so that you can understand that your faith is promised. Your hope is promised. There's this assurance. And then the writer, he continues by sharing by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, all of these people that have come before that moment that he's writing this book that have lived and walked in faith and trusted God. And what's interesting about that is that a lot of these people that that he mentions 
didn't see the promises being fulfilled in their lifetime. See, life was hard and they didn't understand why. They were waiting for some promises, see, because they saw the Messiah as one that would deliver them from bondage, give them freedom. He would rule the country and there would be this freedom across the land that would just be everything that they needed and everything that they wanted. See, but what we don't understand, I think, even in today's time and what they didn't understand in those moments is that it isn't about the things of this world. It isn't about gaining the aspect of a promise of a home or a car or a family or, or anything like that. See, the coming king, the savior that has come, he came to give you what you need, not what you want. And what you and I need is redemption. What, what you and I need is, is to be restored we need to be pulled from the murky waters and moved into an ocean that is so glorious, so beautiful, so amazing that we would never want anything else. See, this is what God has promised us. This is what God has assured us of. Listen to what it says in Hebrews. Again, in chapter 10, we're still there a little bit. Verse 35 and 36. He says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that you, when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So that you may have confidence to receive the great reward, so that you may have endurance, so that you may run the race faithfully. You know, the greatest little picture of that, that that I've ever heard or seen that speaks to me is, is from C.S. Lewis. And many of you may have read his books, but uh, one of the pictures that he draws, and he talks about our sin and how we need redemption and how we need Jesus Christ in our life. And he says the story like this. He says, we're like little children that are stuck in a mud puddle. And we love that mud because it's fun. Have you ever played in the mud? <laughs> it's fun, huh? It's fun to get dirty. He says, but what we don't understand is that God has created an ocean. And it's vast and it's large and it's wide and it's deep and it's glorious. And God wants to remove us from that mud puddle and he wants to take us to the ocean what he's promised us. See, God never promised us a mud puddle. He promised us an ocean. See, but that mud puddle is a picture of our sin. The dirtiness, the ugliness. And the ocean, it's a picture of the re re redemption that we find in Christ. The beauty, the splendor. How many of you have ever snorkeled or deep sea dived in the ocean? Raise your hands. Isn't it amazing? But isn't it scary? <laughs> no? You guys are brave. It, it's so vast to me. You know, if I had a fear factor, the ocean is it. It's scary. 
But, but it's the same thing and it's no different than our faith. Faith is scary, right? When we put our trust into something, when we put our faith into something, there's always those fears, right? You know, when we, when we get into a relationship, we're fearful of how that other person is gonna respond to us or how he's gonna treat us or how she's gonna treat us. But yet we still move towards it. See, God is telling you, let's put your faith in me. Trust me. I have an ocean awaiting for you. See, I think sometimes, you know, we, we just need to be reminded of this promise. We, we need to remind one another of the promises of God. We need to get into our Bibles and read and spend time meditating on the word of God and praying together and thinking about all of these things that God has promised us. Because what happens, I think, sometimes is we go out into the world and, and we see everything the world has promised to us. And we get sucked in and, and we get lost and, and that creates confusion and, and misunderstanding and all of those other things. You know, this is why we gather together on Sunday mornings and throughout the week to remind each other of God's promises for our lives. You know, but what, what's sad about that? And I just want to speak truthful. What's sad about that is sometimes we disconnect, right? We, we, we disengage. We pull away. You know, we unplug the toaster, but yet we expect toast to come out when we put bread in, right? I, I just want to challenge us as the body of Christ, as, as the church, not, not just as soul real, but as the church across the board, as, as the body of Christ, the hands and feet. Don't, don't disconnect. Stand on those promises. And you know what? If you need a reminder... Find someone to remind you and trust them and just say, hey, you know what? Floyd, I need to be reminded today of God's promises because right now I'm just not feeling it. I'm struggling right now. You know, when the Bible talks about us confessing our sins to one another, that's exactly what they're saying. They're saying, hey, go to your brother and say, hey, you know what? Here is my struggle. Here's my burden. Here's what is weighing heavy on my heart. And will you help me remind myself of the promises that God has for me? What Jesus Christ did on the cross, the assurance of the salvation that God has given me. And let's commit to each other. Let's do that for one another. See, just like Ava, when she looks at this computer, and she, she, doesn't, she, she doesn't say this out loud. She comes over now and she looks at the scooter and she really doesn't ride it very much. But every time she comes in and we're ready to go outside and do our party, she looks at that scooter and she says, that's mine, uncle. She says, that's mine, uncle. I said, oh, you want to ride it? Yeah. She gets on it. She goes a little ways, throws it to the side. What's next, uncle? (laughs) (laughs) See, that childlike faith is what God wants for us. See, when we see God's word, when we see each other, when we gather together as the church, we should say, hey, remember? You remember, don't you? You remember? Jesus loves you. Jesus died on a cross for you. Jesus shed his blood and was beaten and tortured for you. Jesus gave his life for you. See, we've got to remind ourselves and remind each other of the assurance. 
assurance of the things that we have hoped for, the things that we have yet to see, and the knowledge of the faithfulness of God, how God will always see us through. And because of this insurance, assurance, excuse me, it is kind of an insurance too, isn't it? In Christ, we can live by faith. I want you to think about that, okay? When I say in Christ, we can live by faith because we can't do it by ourselves. We have to do it in Christ. And we do it by faith. See, in verse three in this chapter, it says, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. See, there's something that we have to take note of here. It is the word of God. It is the word of God. And we have to understand that the word is Jesus. The word was with God. And the word created the heavens and the earth. It created the universe. Flip over to John chapter one, the gospel of John real quick. I won't spend too much time here, but I want you to see this. And I want to encourage you to read the chapter, first chapter of the gospel of John sometime this week in your own quiet time, on your own study, however you want to do that. But I want us to see this. And we sang a song that said this very thing just before I came up. I want us to see this because I think it's important for us because in Christ, we live by faith because in verse one, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Did you get that? In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And then in verse nine, it says the true light which enlightens everyone in Christ was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. They did not put their faith in him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become what? Children of God. God. Promises, wonderful blessings, the riches, the glory of our Savior. Amen and amen and glory to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. We are children of God. We can come into his presence with anticipation and excitement and faith, knowing that all the promises that he has promised us, he will fulfill and see and give us to the end. You know, the beauty of what we can learn through this book in Hebrews is a greater understanding of our faith. And again, I just want to ask you how is your faith? And I want to encourage you and remind you that your faith is strong. But what you have to ask yourself is that strong faith that God has given you, that ability to believe and trust and know, where have you placed it? Have you placed it in the things of this world? Or have you placed it in Jesus Christ? That's a tough question. But I think it's an important question for all of us to ask every single day. Because we have a strong faith. We believe, especially here in the United States, especially in America. You know, we, we've got opportunity 
How many of you right now would stand up? You don't have to right now. Would stand up, look at the chair that you're sitting in, and stand on that chair, trusting that that chair would support you. Raise your hand. I think pretty much all of us would, right? We, we, we put our faith in that, that if I stood on that chair, because I'll tell you what, if you ever watch any YouTube videos, a lot of you guys are doing that and you're falling off the chair. <laughs> so I know we put in our faith in a lot of silly things, a lot of things that, that really don't deserve our faith or our trust. See, we need to put our faith in Jesus Christ and our faith moves us to action. Our faith is active. See, here's how we test our faith. We call upon the name of Jesus. And we say, Jesus, I will trust you with my life. I will trust you with my finances. I will trust you with my children. I will trust you with my spouse. I will trust you with my everything. See, for me personally, where I, where I struggle is, is trusting God with my kids. I don't know about you guys that have kids, if you do that, because I'm a fixer and I, I want to fix my kids. They're all broken, just so you know. <laughs> don't tell them that, because they won't believe you. But I want to fix my kids. I want to do everything right for my kids. You know, I, I want to be the guy for my kids. And so I, I catch myself at times, more often than not, not trusting God with my kids not putting my faith in God on behalf of my kids. You know, I, I had a mom that modeled trusting God with her children greater than I, I could imagine any mom alive, just because she's my mom, of course. No offense to other moms. But I was a bad kid younger when I was younger. And I tell you what, every time I came home at night, and I probably told you this story, but I'm reminded of it all the time because every time I came home late at night, my mom would follow me to my room, not by my request. And she would sit next to my bed and she would pray over me. She would read God's word over me. See, and I look back on that now and instead of just seeing it as, an, as a bothersome mommy that, you know, just kind of wanted to get into my life where I didn't want her to be, I realized what my mom was doing. She was trusting me with God. She was putting me in the hands of God and saying, God, this is your child. He belongs to you. And so I trust you. Even though the moment is tough, even though this is something that I don't want to see, even though he's doing things that are in rebellion to you, my mom would say, I, I, I trust you, Jesus. You know, I, I want to ask us this morning, are we doing that? Are we living out our faith? Are we showing the world around us that we believe? And not only that we believe, but that we're living it. I don't know if you guys ever heard of a guy named Steve Harvey, passed away, he's a radio show host, commentary, he's a Christian, a believer. And he said this, he says, if you do not live it, he said this about faith, if you do not live it, you do not really believe it. What do you think about that comment? Is it true? Is it true for you? Well, I'm honest. It's true for me on occasion. There's moments when 
I don't really live it. But then I hang out with you guys. <laughs> then I get into my small group. I come on Sunday mornings and I, and I watch all the people come and just that are excited about Jesus that say, hey, good morning, Pastor Floyd. What's up? And I'm reminded, you know, these people get it. They're living their faith. I want to live my faith. I want to trust Jesus more. I want my faith to be something that's an example to the world around us. See, James chapter 2, verse 18, affirms what this man, Paul Harvey, says. It says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. See, if we believe, we'll live it out. See, I want us to know that in Christ, we already have faith. God has given us everything that we need. He has created in us a desire to place our faith into something. And I want to challenge us this morning as we close to put our faith in Jesus Christ. Put our hope in everything that we have, whether we've seen it, whether we believe it, whether we trust it, whether we don't, to move towards Jesus Christ in these moments and just put your faith in him. Well, Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to close with these last couple of verses. Verse 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, because of all of these people that have come before us that live by faith, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If if you don't have that highlighted in your Bible, I challenge you to do that. See, that's a reminder because of all that God has already done, because all of God's promises for mankind, for people that have come for us, for those that have been faithful all the way up into this point to today. Therefore, stay faithful, run with endurance, looking to Jesus Christ as the what? The founder, the word, the beginning, and perfecter of what? our faith. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning for your love for us. Father, thank you for the reminders in your word of the things that that you not only want to do in us, but you want to do through us. Lord, we realize and know that, that it is impossible. Your word tells us that it is impossible for us to please you without faith. Father, there have been many times, many moments when we as a people have been faithless. And so right now in these moments, Father, we want to come to you and bow before you and ask for forgiveness. That you would wash us and cleanse us. That you would redeem us and restore us and pull us from the murky waters into the living waters that is your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we believe that there is hope. We trust in the fact that there is hope. And because of that, Lord, we put our faith in you. 
We come into your presence with confidence, trusting and knowing that you have promised us to provide for us, to care for us, to meet our every need. Father, and we believe and put our hope and our faith in you. Lord, I, I pray together as the body of Christ, as the church, as your children, Father, that from this day forward, that we would move forward more faithful, living in faith and by faith in Jesus Christ, knowing that you want to do great things in us and through us. Father, we want to trust you more. Give us the strength. Give us the courage. Remind us that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that you will always be there for us and with us, that you'll even go out before us and prepare the way so that when we have opportunity to serve and share and reveal and show other people the faith that we have in you, that we would be open and responsive and that we would live it out just as you called us to. Lord, we thank you for this. We look to you and we praise you. We do it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.